0: What's your story? You know what your story is by what you tell other people. It may be snippets that you tell other people, but it's your story. And a lot of your story may be just in your head, thoughts that you have about yourself, about your life, about possibilities. This makes up your story. Where'd your story come from? Where'd you get it? How did you come to believe it to be true? Your story started at birth. Every experience you've had in your life, your response to that experience, how other people responded to your life, to you, part of your story. The culture you grew up in, the place in the world you grew up, if you moved to parent home, raised by other caregivers, siblings, your temperament, all part of your story. What have you come to believe is true because you've told your story in such a way that you've reinforced it? This is how our brain works. Our brain believes something to be true and then we look for validation in the world to make it so. Unless we step back and choose to write a different story, to be curious. Neuroplasticity plays a big role in our stories that we have. Um, Synaptic pruning takes place throughout our life, particularly in early life. And it's there to, synaptic pruning is there in our brain to make our brain more efficient but it makes our brain more efficient to the circumstances that are in front of us while it's pruning. It doesn't mean that it is what we need for the rest of our life, hence why there's neuroplasticity, the opportunity to create new neuropathways, new synapses that will take you on a different path than the one that you had as a child. So consider for a minute, drop in, be comfortable, relax. And if you're in a safe place, you're welcome to close your eyes. A safe place, not driving, not riding a bike, obviously, and there's no sense of threat anywhere around you. So you can drop in now or reconsider this at a different time. But if you can, close down your eyes, close down some of the external stimuli And just start to pay attention to your breath. You may notice when I stop talking that you're waiting for the next cue. That's okay. You can just continue to breathe without any prompts or cues from me. But I'd like you to consider that there's a pathway in front of you. The pathway is not yet determined. You came to this point, this moment, because of the pathway you were on, the stories that you tell, the truths that you have come to believe about yourself. But on in this particular moment, I'd like you to consider that there is a pathway in front of you. You can make your pathway visually, whatever way you'd like, because it's your imagination. It's your creativity. So start to populate your pathway. Maybe there's vegetation or some type of uh, pleasing visual stimuli. Maybe there's some scent that's in the air. The temperature of the air is just right. But I'd like you to make your pathway just right for you. Perhaps there's people that you see on your pathway. Something happens when you recall these people, either There's um, some sense of connection or meaning or joy or, or something contrary to that, contrary to that. So on your pathway is where you're going. You get to determine what that is, where that is, what you'd like, what to consider, that you haven't considered before. You're welcome to open your eyes and come back into the space you're in or you're welcome to continue to enjoy um, just the curiosity and wonderment of considering what's in this episode. Viktor Frankl wrote Man's Search for Meaning, 1946. He was a neurologist and psychiatrist and a Holocaust survivor. And it was his stories that he created that allowed him to survive the Holocaust. He has some really beautiful quotes. Um, I highly recommend that you read his book. It's classic, it never goes out of style. Um, One of the quotes that he has created. Between stimulus and response there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So how do we create this space? How do we create the space that our neurological patterns don't really want us to create. Our neurological patterns, the way our neurons are associated, are perfectly happy doing exactly what they're doing in the exact same way. The same thoughts we had today are the same thoughts we had yesterday and the day before and the day before, unless you've become curious and interested in considering something different. We draw our own conclusions very unconsciously about beliefs about ourselves, about other people, about our limitations, about our possibilities. We create our own reality by what we think and how we make decisions and who we choose to incorporate into our lives. So how do you make this space to consider growth and freedom? Many ways. It's being connected to yourself in some way. It's being connected to yourself in a way that you are listening for your own cues, your own clues. What's your belly saying? What's your heart say? What do you notice when you're around certain people? Can you identify your feelings? Do you know what they are? Do you know that you're at the center of your universe? Neuroplasticity happens because we are, we want it to happen. We're seeking something. Um, There are ways to increase and harness the power of neuroplasticity. Um, Reduce your stress. Continue to learn and keep moving. Find purpose for what you're planning to learn. Read a novel. Get quality sleep. These are all just really practical, very practical, known ideas that contribute to mental health and neuroplasticity. There's a plethora of information on neuroplasticity. I'm going to encourage you to investigate it because it's at the it's at the neuro level the brain level that we actually can create change in our lives in subsequent sessions i'm going to talk about the vagus nerve and how that informs our brain through our body um, our body plays a large part in um, what our brain now knows and how it stays patterned in a certain way i'd like you to consider that your story being created Um, by you now is one that started when you were born. It's in childhood that we adapt and learn to survive and we get to be curious or not. Um, We get to um, form ourselves in a way that is just in response to our childhood. then when we get to approach adulthood and get into adulthood, we get to make so many decisions that either take us toward our optimum being or further away. Sometimes in life, we make some early decisions in adulthood that pose some challenges. And these challenges, actually, as we navigate and work through them, increase our confidence if we have the outcome that we want or that's... um, supporting our sense of being, well-being. But just know much of who you are today, much of what your story is today is because of your childhood, unless you've really looked at, investigated, been curious about the breadth and the depth of how much our childhoods have played a part in our stories that we oftentimes repeat today they are not taking us in the direction of our dreams, wishes, hopes, and dreams. Mihai, Chief Mihai, which is a um, he is a Hungarian American psychologist, and he wrote books on flow. And flow is when you have a loss of time. Basically, you're you're doing something that's engaging your your brain in a meaningful and worthwhile way. You're using a skill, but you're not even aware you're in that experience. And it's a, um, he considers it an altered reality. An altered reality, alternative reality, not alternate, alternative reality. It's doing something different than you do in everyday life. So being in flow is a way to create space. It's a way to challenge your brain um, by just doing something that you love. The opposite, in some of his research he uh, on a diagram, the opposite of being in flow is apathy. It's at the other end, it's, it's polar to that. So when one is in apathy, one can't possibly be in flow. And ironically, when one learns how to be in flow, there's an absence of apathy along with an absence of time and an absence of ego. It's, it's an autonomic process that happens when we allow it to happen. As you know from my intro, I'm a long time practicing yogi and teacher. And yoga has, the yoga, the practice of yoga and the concepts around yoga have allowed me to be in my flow, in a space that nothing else really exists. I'm the center of that experience. It's an absence of being caught up in the busyness of life. Um, I'm going to highly recommend it. There's a difference between Eastern yoga and Western yoga. Yoga has become very Popularized to be more exercised than an actual going inward for the purpose of um, creating neurological space. Neurological space that is necessary to journey on your pathway to be able to write your story. I'd like you to consider the concept of stability for writing your story, for editing your story as you move forward. Stability is something that's necessary to change the patterns of our brain, to change what we have come to believe is so, but not necessarily serving ourselves or other people. So the concept of stability is, well, you know, it's that which feels stabilizing. It could be a friendship. It could be knowing that you have an internal locus of control that it's not other people making your world, that you're a creator in your own world, in your own story. Yes, being a creator in your own story. Not continuing to believe the concepts that you've come to believe are true about you. What is true about you? Are you whole? Are you perfect and complete? A work in progress? Absolutely, we all are. But how are you characterizing yourself? What are the quality of thoughts that you have when you consider your story? Ah, there was space. I don't have your answers. I'm still seeking some of mine. But I do know that space is a really important component. Neurological space is a really important component in which to edit your, your story and to find the pathway that's right for you. I'd like you to consider your well being. And on your pathway, you have health, you have mental health, you have well being. What decisions do you need to make? Who is on your pathway with you? What direction are you going in? Can you slow down? This is a perfect time now that we're in the um, COVID situation. These challenges are a perfect opportunity in which to get closer to your essence, the closer to your being, the closer you can get to you, the more you will find that your story shifts and changes and feels right. Are you excited about something? Excited about creating something? Discover it. Chunking is a really important component of mental health as well. Chunking out. So if there's a a looming task in front of you, you're not going to bite off the whole task at once. It's being able to break it down into components or pieces that allow us to navigate through the tasks the chunks to be able to accomplish something. What is your best right next step on your pathway? It's yours to discover. Next best right step. If there's something that brings you excitement, you're probably on the right pathway. If there's something where you're feeling dread, If it's going to take you closer to some, a task that you need to do on your pathway, yeah. But consider letting go some of those dreadful things that no longer serve you, but have been part of your story. Change up your patterns, body patterns, change up your thinking patterns to know the optimum you. I'm still writing my story, it's with great joy that I know I have more life left to live and more story to write. Be well.